Welcome to The Dental Brief, the world's direct, right-to-the-point podcast produced to get you the information you need to learn and grow your practice. To learn more about our guests and find links to information discussed on our show, visit our website, dentalbrief.com. On to today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Dental Brief. Um, Today's guest, I'm very excited about Carrie Weber uh, with Jameson. Uh, Carrie, go ahead and say hello. Hi, how's everybody doing? We're, we're doing great here. We're, like I said, excited to have you on um, the show. I'm excited about today's topic a little bit. But why don't you start going ahead and uh, telling us a little bit about uh, your company and your background? Yes, thanks. And thank you, Patrick and team, for, for having me today. It's a pleasure to be with you. Uh, yes, so the Jameson Group has been working in dental practices across the country and in other countries for 30 years now. And we do business hygiene, leadership, coaching and marketing coaching to clients that from from coast to coast, really working on the systems of their practice, how to be more effective communicators and help them pursue their ideal vision of what their practice and their business ultimately can be. So that's what we do. That's awesome. Um, Area of expertise is is great and so useful for our audience. Tell me, how did you get into the business and how long have you been in the dental industry? Mm -hmm. Yes. So I have been actually working in Jameson for 20 years and uh, alongside with my husband, Jess Weber. And the company itself was founded 30 years ago by my parents, doctors, John and Kathy Jameson. My father, John, is a retired dentist. And so a lot of the foundations that we help practices implement today have been built and evolved from what he did so successfully in his practice. So uh, clearly you've been involved in transitioning in a business yourself from yes. the business to actually working on the business and owning That's the right. business, You're co-owning the business. Um, so let's talk about that a little bit. I'd love to, to hear your, um, your experience and um, how you help dentists um, with transitions after they've they bought a, a practice. Uh, as you and I know, and we discussed, practices can get themselves into a, a bit of trouble or dentists can get themselves into a bit, of, a bit of trouble when they transition to a practice. Talk about your experience and some of the things that you see. Yeah. You know, Patrick, I'm sure, you know, as fellow business owners, I'm sure you can appreciate um, the, the empathy that I have for doctors as the business owners. I really feel a place in my heart for that because I know how challenging it can be to lead. Um, in the good times and in the difficult times and tra- leading through transition is in and of itself a very um, unique part of a journey. So when you are a young doctor and you've made the decision to purchase an existing practice as your business, whether you're an associate buying in at that time or you're just coming in cold um, as the incoming owner, there are a lot of things that I've noticed and, and we get more and more calls from doctors about this today, uh, stepping in almost with some surprises to be um, that they, they've discovered after the fact. And what we want to try and do is help those that either are early into the ownership piece, how can they really start to set the momentum in the direction they want to go, or if they're preparing to purchase, even better that we can pre- help them become even more prepared for as successful and as streamlined of a transition uh, as possible, both for them as the incoming owners, but also for the selling doctor and for the team members and patients that are a part of that practice that they're, that, that young doctor is stepping into. 
Yeah, I, I would have to imagine that for the team that's in place, for the doctor that's coming in, especially if they're coming in cold, mm. probably not very sure of a lot of things, mm. right? So I think this is a time where uh, leadership is going to be brand new to mm. um, the doctors that are transitioning in, um, but also something that they have very little to no experience um, right. with. So talk about that a little bit. What are some steps that they can do to help transition with that team? Right. It, it, you know, to me, from, from my own experience of transitioning into ownership of businesses, it's a very emotional process that people don't really think about, not just for that person, but for this team and for the patients. There's a lot of relationship that comes with a practice that's been um, running for whether it's 15 years, 20 years, or five years. There's relationships and trust have been built in that. And so being aware of that and having as much clarity on that incoming leader's side as possible and being able to communicate that to people is important. So if you don't have, if you're the purchasing doctor and you don't really have any vision or goal of what, the, you know, how you anticipate and want this transition to go, um, that's going to make it very difficult. Flying blind is can, can cause a little bit more chaos and stress than is really necessary. So getting a clear vision into place in terms of what right looks like for you in terms of transitioning that practice over into you as the owner and the leader and, and the, and the doctor, um, but also having a plan in place and giving yourself the time to execute that plan uh, and in, including in that plan communication, uh, a plan of how you're going to communicate and spend time with the team and communicate this transition and your incoming vision for the practice with the team clearly and making sure everybody's on the same page and everybody's on board for that. Uh, if you're planning on keeping the legacy team that that is with the practice at the time, most doctors typically have that intention. It's not always the case, but most of the time they do. So how are we planning to clearly communicate and consistently communicate to that team? In addition, Patrick, I think you would really appreciate this and probably do this with some of your clients, but are you putting a plan into place to effectively communicate to the patient family and to sure. the communicate into the community uh, uh, that that kind of the passing of goodwill, so to speak, um, and having the selling doctor be a part of that and agree to be a part of that? Because most selling doctors want the legacy of their practice to continue and continue well and be successful. So if we can have a clear communication path to pass that baton successfully and clearly, uh, that also helps. So making a plan to transition well is it's about internal communication as a team and external communication to that practice's patient family. Yeah, it's critical points, so important. The plan is very important. I see it's usually a last minute and afterthought yes. and uh, not nearly as effective. And that becomes finger pointing what's going on as far mm -hmm. as what happened to the patients. You don't want to get into that mess. So um, as you and I know, we hear this from dentists often, um, that patients don't oftentimes come into the practice for the first time until there's a problem, right? Until mm -hmm. they're in pain. Mm -hmm. And at that time, you know, they're not looking at a small profi or something like that. Patients looking at, you know, a crown or a root canal or even, you know, an implant, what have you, um, because they waited too long. And they're at a, a huge pain point when they come in and now it's an emergency. So I know that you get that emergency phone call from dentists too, right? Mm -hmm. So you get that call where, hey, something's really wrong. I'm in a lot of pain here. Um, Carrie, I need your help. Mm -hmm. Let's help 
uh, you know, our goal here with the dental brief is to help people um, not end up in that type of pain. So let's talk about some actionable steps right now that if you're going to, if you're considering transitioning, and let's just use the scenario being a, a, we'll call it a cold transition. If you're, if you know you're going to want to buy a dental practice and let's say the next, well, I'll let you tell me the time. From the time you know that you're ready to buy a dental practice, when should you start making these plans? Before oh. you find a practice, before you're working with a transition expert, way before that, give me some advice there. Well, number one, I think both parties buying and selling need to have rep- representation for themselves within those that process. So, you know, having having those people that are experts in transition and in practice sales is going to be helpful for you. But I think it's important to do your due diligence long before. If you're if you've decided, yes, I want to I want to own my own practice and I want to go be on that path. It's important from an entrepreneur standpoint, from a business owner standpoint to as soon as possible, get a great deal of clarity of what you ideally want your dental career to look like. What kind of dentistry are you doing? Um, what kind of patients are you attracting to your practice? What is your team like? What's your facility like? What's the reputation in the community? Um, you know, you know, getting, getting some foundational framework of what ideal is to you. What's your philosophy? What's important to you? Because if you step into a practice that has performed completely opposite of how you want to practice, it's not that you can't turn that around, but you do have a bit of an uphill climb to shift that mindset of that practice, of the patients that have been in that practice and so on. So the clearer we can be in our vision and then getting a team on board and aligned to pursue that with us is going to be important because what might happen is I also encourage you to, if you find a practice, you're like, I'm really, I think this is the place. Um, you know, do your due diligence as best as you can. What is the reality of that practice today? And then be prepared to have your eyes wide open, no rose-colored glasses when you step in and identify what are the systems that are not performing as best as they can and what can we do to streamline those systems to set it up to more successfully move us in the direction we want to go. That's why the communication piece with the team is so important that you commit to and consistently execute intentionally time to communicate with the team of where you're going and then have that team be a part of any course correction that needs to take place. Because there are going to be things that you don't know. You don't know what you don't know until you're in there working dental days. You're like, wow, this is how this has been going for 20 years in here. And that's okay. But we need to be able to have an eye on systems and how they perform in our practice so that we can effectively prioritize what we're going to work on together as a team and your capacity is going to be limited. So you have to have a team that's ready to be on board to work on that with you. And that can be difficult with legacy team that maybe liked the way the practice was running for 25 years and they've been in it for 19 of those 25 years. Right. Um, So having that clear vision cast of um, you know, honoring what was right of that legacy of what that practice was. And then also, you know, setting the tone that you are now that map maker and explorer for the future of that practice and asking that team to be a part of that. So that when you identify there's a better way that I would like to schedule appointments, 
there's a better way that I would like to execute our new patient experience. I'd like for us to be communicating in a different way to patients, whatever the case may be. We are, we have created the space and the place to communicate to our team and work on that together. Invaluable advice, um, Carrie. Carrie, lastly, um, let me ask you, um, because a lot of this is overwhelming. It just is, right? There's a lot of information, a lot going on, especially in the transition. So um, if uh, someone in our audience is looking for someone to help them in a transition, um, not necessarily just on the actual brokerage side of it, but Mm -hmm. in everything else that happens into a a practice of consulting and marketing. Mm Um, business development, all of that. How would you recommend they go about finding a trusted expert to help them? What to look for? What to? Uh, what are some red flags? Mm, well, Patrick, as you said, you know there are companies and, and advisors and experts that do the practice sales. So again, that having a goal, like I said, not to sound like a broken record, but the clearer you are in your goal and your vision of how you want that to go, what's most important to you is going to set you up to ask the right types of questions to the people out there that are, um, you know, quote unquote, the experts in, in that work. Sure. Um, so, uh, no, it, but when it comes to I've purchased the practice or I'm preparing to, and I want to make sure that my future in that practice goes smoothly. Um, I think it's a question of you want to make sure that you, you have a really good conversation with these uh, coaches, advisors, consultants, these people that come out, because if you're, you, you need somebody that's philosophically aligned with you. Um, so if you don't know what's most important to you, you'll go with the first thing that seems bright and shiny and, um, and that may not be the best for you. So to me, I feel like your values and the people that you choose to work with, the companies, the experts, the, um, the resources that you tap into have to be aligned with you as well. So asking good questions, knowing what your end goal is and setting those expectations and before and say to, to, to determine, can these people actually help me, um, in the way that I learn the best or, or whatever the case may be. Um, so I, I just feel like um, if you don't know what's most important to you, you'll, you'll go with the first thing that seems to pop up in the Google search. And I think sure. it's more important for you to find businesses, find advisors that line up with you and your philosophy and have a track record of doing good work for other people and uh, so that you can uh, ensure that um, what's being recommended is is founded in something solid. That's Carrie, tons of wisdom so much. <laughs> we really appreciate it. So glad to have you here. Um, I want to um, encourage our audience to check out your website. Uh, it's jmsn.com. So Carrie Weber, Jameson, we're so glad to have you here. Uh, thank you. Thanks, Patrick. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for joining us on today's episode. Did you know you can weigh in on today's topic on Facebook? Search The Dental Brief on Facebook or visit our website, dentalbrief.com, and just follow the link. We look forward to having you join us again on another episode of The Dental Brief.